come together here Friday night uh, in the CLC starting at 7 o'clock. There is child care available. Um, and we worship. Um, and we get our, our worship on. Uh, and there is teaching as well. And uh, the first one we did in January was a really cool experience, I believe. I don't know this for certain, that because I was here praying fervently in the Holy Spirit, Johnny Manziel did so well. I don't know that to be, I'm just saying that the cotton bowl is going on. I was worshiping Jesus instead of going to worship Johnny. I did tape it, but um, they won, so you're all welcome, those of you Aggie fans. Um, and uh, so we, we did a painting um, that was up here last Sunday as well, um, and our intent was to uh, to kind of uh, receive um, some offers. I didn't, I never said that, so you wouldn't have known. So that uh, on the sell of that painting, we could then um, buy more canvases and paint and stuff like that. But uh, someone stole the painting from my office um, here at the church. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're all sitting down for that. Uh, yeah, someone stole the painting out of my office. I feel violated. That they would come in and steal it. Uh, I am upset, actually, because it's a really cool painting, and I wanted it to, to expand our ministry. It was our first one and everything. Um, so if you ever walk into someone's house and you see that painting, punch them in the throat, grab it, and bring it back to me, um, if you would. Uh, that would be great. really would like that, and Jesus would love you for it. Uh, so last week, uh, you know, we began the celebration of Epiphany, and, and, and this week we kind of continue in, uh, it's still Epiphany, and... Um, at time throughout the liturgical calendar and throughout uh, the church across the world. Um, and, and I begin to talk about a little bit uh, how um, in the Eastern Church, the Orthodox Church, especially the Greeks and the Russians, very into the celebration of the baptism part of Epiphany. We celebrate the Magi. We th- celebrate the three wise men, and, um, and they're coming to, uh, to meet Jesus and, and, the, uh, and the explosion of the gospel message to all people at that moment. Um, but the Eastern Orthodox Church really focuses a lot on uh, this baptism side. Uh, so much so that in Russia, um, over this uh, last Sunday and this one, um, they chisel uh, cross-shaped holes into um, water, uh, lakes, ponds, rivers, whatever. And then they jump in it. Um, they chisel these things. The, the Orthodox, uh, Orthodox priest gets down and he prays over this water. Um, and then there are hundreds of people lined up to do this um, polar bear club for Jesus move um, in which they remember their baptism. Um, and they, and they uh, come out. And this, there's pictures. You can um, Google it, um, pictures, images of this. And it's just fascinating to see um, these people coming out in this freezing Water, just with this expression of joy, either because they're now out of the water or maybe the rite of baptism itself. Today we're going to talk about the baptism of Jesus. Um, next week we continue, we go back to Exodus, if you will. We go back into Egypt um, and pick up where we left off before Advent. So Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Now, in this short bit of scripture, the baptism of Jesus. Now, if you remember, who is it that baptizes Jesus? JTB, right? John the Baptist. 
So John the Baptist, if we remember the story, is, is out in the desert. He's out in the wilderness in the Jordan River, and he's preaching a gospel of repentance, a message of repentance. Return. Turn away from and return to God. Turn away from what you are doing, the world, these religious practices that are only causing you to separate yourself from God and turn back to your relationship with God. This is his message. His message is a message of repentance, turning away from something and to something else. And he's baptizing people all the time. Hence his name, right? John the Baptist. Now, there were two different types of baptisms that occurred during this period. The Jews would have done two different types of baptism. One was a conversion baptism, and one was a cleansing baptism, or a mikvah. And we're going to get into which one I think this is in a second. But I want to talk for for just a moment about kind of what God says here. Now, this is the first appearance of the Trinity, right, at one time, just Father, Son, Spirit. An amazing moment. I can't imagine what it must have been like for the people who were around there. Now, some of the Gospels kind of lead you to believe that only Jesus heard the voice of God. Others don't leave it that way. But the dove descends, the Spirit descends and lights upon Jesus and anoints him with the Holy Spirit at this moment. Now, here is what is said. You are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Jews are waiting for a Messiah that brings to the fruition the culmination of all Scripture. The Old Testament is pointing towards this Messiah. And they're waiting for this guy to come along to bring salvation, to end oppression, to to finally be the one where God just brings restoration to all things. Now, when Jesus comes in this line that that God says to Jesus, you have this amazing thing. You have the culmination of all Scripture. Now, what do I mean by that? The Jews separate Scripture into three different parts. You have the Torah, you have the wisdom writings, and you have the prophets. So in these three um, parts of Scripture, all all of the Old Testament is comprised with these three things. If you break down what God says here, you are my son. This comes from the coronation psalm, Psalm 2. Uh, It's David's coronation psalm when he becomes king. God is pointing out that the Messiah will be his son. You are my son, my beloved with whom I am well pleased. With whom I am well pleased. This latter part there um, comes from Isaiah, a prophet, 42. It opens up the, uh, the, the writings about who the Messiah is going to be, the suffering servant. That's the culmination of Isaiah's description of who the Messiah is going to be, someone who suffers, right? So you have um, in there a king, but a king who suffers. William Barclay points that out, that at one and the same time, God says that this is the king of all kings. But his glory is not going to come on a throne. His glory is going to come from a cross. Now that's two of the three. And the third one was, uh, we were talking about this in pastor's meeting and none of us knew where it was. In fact, Scott pointed out this three things and he goes, I know it's there, I just don't know where. Um, It comes from Genesis, I found, chapter um, 22, I believe it is. 
And the story, what's going on in Genesis here is Abraham is told by God to get his son and to lead him to be sacrificed. And I believe it's verse uh, 22, and what it says is essentially, take your son, your only son, your beloved son. And he knows that it's to go sacrifice, and he doesn't throw in Isaac until the very end of this statement. So the statement is for someone to be taking their son to sacrifice. So here you have, um, you are my son, Psalm 2, my beloved. Some some manuscripts will say my beloved son, combine the two of them. Um, Genesis, the Torah, with whom I am well pleased, Isaiah, the prophets. You have in this one statement when Jesus begins his ministry and the Holy Spirit anoints him to move into the world with the power of God. Right here, the culmination of all scripture. Bringing together. See, God is really cool like this. If you look for things like this, he puts it there so that you go, oh, I get it. This really is the Messiah. You're pulling these, these quotations from different things that you have said to show us who he is. This is my son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. Now, every time we do a baptism in the church, it is as if God says those words again. Every time we do a baptism, we baptize from the youngest to the oldest. Um, and this is not the time that I'm going to get into um, why infant baptism is okay um, and biblical. But um, when we baptize, I'm doing a baptism at the 11 o'clock service um, down the hall. And when I baptize little Gloria, it will be as if God says, this is my daughter whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. At my baptism, 30-something years ago. I remember it so vividly. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how old I was. Um, this is my son, Michael, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now, the two types of baptisms, the conversion baptism and um, the mikvah, this cleansing, this coming home baptism, what we believe John was doing was not this conversion baptism because the people who were coming to see him were already Jews. A conversion baptism was for someone from the outside, a, a, a Gentile coming and becoming a Jew and they would be baptized and immersed in, and come out as, um, as a Jew. And that was this conversion moment for them. Um, but, but for, for John, what we believe he was doing was this mikvah baptizing I, mean, we, I, I joked, I said, I don't think it could be a conversion baptism for Jesus because I, I give myself to myself. Um, I don't know what he would say, you know, Jesus, I give myself to me. Um, so it's a, a cleansing baptism, this mikvah thing, this, this return to where you were, return to a knowledge of who you are, return to this understanding of whose you are. Turn away from what you are doing and turn to God. It's the message that John the Baptist was presenting. It's the message that he was teaching and preaching was to turn away from these things that are taking you away from God and to turn back to God. 
remember who you are. Now, a mikvah in, in the life of a Jew would, would be something that they would do very frequently. Um, in fact, there are mikvahs built all over. There's even a mikvah in San Antonio, um, a real Jewish by the book uh, mikvah in which there has to be rainwater. Um, and, and they build them. I don't know if the one here is built this way, but they build them in such intricate ways um, where rainwater is constantly touching the water. It's living water, right? L- water from God that's constantly touching um, the water of the, the mikvah pool. And, and, and so these, these mikvah, mikvahot, uh, I think is the plural of it. Um, I see Ryan back there. Is that right? Hebrew scholar? Yes. Uh, uh, he's like, I don't know, whatever. Um, so uh, these, these mikvah are set up so that Jews can go in to cleanse themselves. It's as if they are preparing themselves to be in the presence of God. These moments are meant to prepare one to enter into the presence of God. Remember who you are and and prepare yourself to be in God's presence. And it, it got us really thinking about how we come to worship. How we enter into this room. It really got me thinking about how we treat this room. Sometimes, because it is a gymnasium, we treat it like a gymnasium. But on these days, this room is set aside as holy and sacred. When you enter into this room, you enter into the presence of the Lord. That's not to say that the Lord doesn't dwell in the places, because I believe firmly that he does. And you've heard me say multiple times that some of the places I feel God the most are outdoors. But when you come together as the body, do we come prepared? Do we come ready? At the back of most every Catholic sanctuary, you'll find a little bowl of holy water. You go in, you dip, you do the cross, as if preparing to enter in to the presence of God. So I believe what was happening here is Jesus was preparing to enter into the presence of God when the Spirit descends upon him. He is anointed by the Spirit to go and do the things that he needed to do. I don't believe that this was the last time that Jesus went through a mikvah process. Because he was a Jew, he probably did it a few more times in his life. But this is the one. This is the one that sets him up to move mountains. That begins him from turning into the Savior. Now, we don't have a mikvah here. We don't have a little bowl of holy water um, for for you to dip your hand in. I ask a question. How many of you prepared to come to worship today? How many of you got up this morning and, um, and had a conscious thought, I'm going into the presence of God today in a way that's different from how I interact with him on a normal basis? T- today I'm going into his house 
I'm going into the sanctuary where, where the body of Christ is going to be there and the spirit is going to move. How many of you, how many of us on Sunday mornings wake up and think, This is a good day. This is a day I get to worship God with my family. How many of us just run in at the last second? Not really ready to be moved. Maybe even you come in ready to be entertained. Waiting for us to do something. For Daryl or, or Jordan or... August, or myself, to move you. Now, look, this may seem like a, like, wow, you're being kind of harsh, man. Um, it's early. Stop being so harsh. Um, but really, I think it's for me as well. How often, when I'm coming to worship God, do I really prepare myself in such a way that I can come to Him? That the things that try to distract me from his face, I have set aside. And I enter into his presence prepared to be moved. Not by anything that's done by anyone in here except him. It's at the end of the service because if we did this at the beginning, it would be meaningless to you. Um, but today we're going to offer a, a mikvah. Um, not in the in the way in which um, a Jew would do it. We're not going to walk into any water. Um, There there are uh, moments where the the important thing about this mikvah thing is to, and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, is you start with um, the mouth. You put water on the mouth, and then the heart, and then the head, and then the hands and the feet. So it's the mouth, the heart, the head, the hands, and the feet. Why? The heart. The mouth is what you say. The heart is your will. The head is your mind. Hands are your actions. Feet is your path. All of these things you cleanse. God, forgive me for the things that I've said, for the things that I've thought, for the things that I've willed, for the things that I've done, and the places that I have gone. And prepare me to be in your presence. So we're going to offer that today. And look, you don't have to come up. There's water in this bowl here that I prayed over this morning. Um, And you can come up and uh, you can dip it in and just do a little cross on your forehead. You can do the whole thing. Um, You can just come by. I'm going to ask the prayer ministers to be on um, either, prayer ministers to be over there if, uh, on the sides, if you will. And um, I have some anointing stuff up here, Chooch, uh, if you want to if you want to grab one. And um, that if you care also to be anointed as Jesus was the, through the dove, um, we don't have any birds um, in the room, um, thankfully. Uh, but we do have oil, and this is the way that we show the anointing of the Holy Spirit is um, is to be anointed with oil. Um, if you care to do that. Uh, you can go on the sides. So the worship team is coming up right now, and um, and I told them I was going to do something like this this morning, and they're like, um, what do you want us to do? And I went, I don't know. Um, so I have no idea what they're going to do. Uh, but they're going to come up and um, and sing um, a song, play a song, and 
As we do this, as we worship together, uh, look, there is no rhyme or reason um, about this. There is no right way. There is no wrong way uh, to do this. It is something um, for us uh, who have, maybe it's a remembrance of your baptism, to remember your baptism. Maybe it is um, a simple act of, of God, forgive me and return me to your presence um, for you. Uh, again, um, this is an open thing and, and there is no pressure uh, for, for who, uh, whoever wants to come. Come. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, um, God, for being in our lives. Father, I ask that you would forgive all of us um, for those times that we have uh, turned our face from you and sought out something of this world, our selfish ambition, whatever it might be. Forgive us, Lord. Return us back to your presence. Help us to understand what it means to walk with you. God, we thank you that as we ask forgiveness, you forgive. That as we ask for direction, you guide. As we ask for strength, you strengthen us. God, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.